right, let's turn our Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Luke. Book of Luke. I want you to turn in there in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. While, we're, while you're turning, Daniel, how many um, visitors does Ray and Priscilla have? They have their, some of their family. How many do you have? Four with you? All right. Is that my long lost cousin back there behind you, Virginia? Yeah. What? I think so. All right. We were standing in line at a funeral. We started talking and we just decided we're cousins. Amen. We're not really, but we're acting like we are, but we're, we're, I'm glad she's here and he's here with her. All right. Let's go ahead and stand and we're going to sing a couple, sing a couple verses. We're going to um, read a couple verses. All right. Daniel, if you can give those to the Moody's and um, Holly, these are CDs and give one to Priscilla also. All right, these are CDs from Bruce Fry. If you've got them already, just give them to somebody else. And thank you for inviting people. There's a lot of visitors here. And again, I want to encourage you to stay and eat. Um, Shasta's mom and dad are over here. Could you wave at us, sir, over here? There we go. That's Shasta's mom and dad We're, and her sister's here. Now, who's the other lady with, with you? Is that? Oh, okay. I did not know that. I'm glad you're here. You're keeping him straight while the other ones are here. Okay, got it. Um, we, we've been blessed to have them. And I want to say this to Shasta's mom and dad. Um, I talked to Mrs. Sexton, and they, they dearly miss her. And um, Brother Sexton told my, my husband, my, my, husband, my wife, I'm, I'm getting this all messed up, all right? My wife, that she, that she was missed also. We are, we are glad they're here. They've been a blessing to our church and to actually even to our Sunday school. We're excited about that, that. So let's look at three verses and go to verse number 11 in Luke chapter 15. And it says this, he said, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Sometimes I'll tell you things that it's my opinion, and I'm going to tell you that this is my opinion with this. I don't think this was a parable. It's labeled as a parable, but I don't think it was. And there's a couple reasons why he was so detailed about it. And he said, in a certain man, and I know he uses the word certain in some other parables, but for this, for some reason, I've studied this, I don't think it was a parable. But if it was, it was. But if it's not, it's not. And that's it, it, why I'm going to um, split hairs over it. But I want to show you some things about this. We're going to talk about, everybody knows this story as what? The prodigal son. All right, well, we're going to look at three aspects of this. We're going to look at the prodigal son, but there was another son involved in this. And when we're talking about homecoming, there is no better story, Randy, in homecoming about the prodigal son. And I'm not saying people that are visiting are prodigals, but I'm saying it's something to come back to God. And it's something to see your need for God. And then we have the prodigal son, but we also have another son, and it's the prideful son. We don't talk much about him when we, when we look at the Bible, but he's in this story also. But we have the prodigal son, the prideful son, but then we have the passionate father. And I want to tell you this, this is a picture, the passionate father in this story is a picture of who God is with you. The prideful son and the prodigal son are pictures of me and pictures of you. And so we all battle. We might not be the prideful one now. We might be the prodigal one. We might not be the prodigal one, but we might be the prideful one. We've always got to do things in our life to get things back to God. And I just want to talk to you. There's not going to be a lot of, uh, of things on the PowerPoint. There's actually going to be very few. But I want you to follow along as we look at these. And we're going to look at all aspects of these three men that are found in there. And then we're going to sum it all together. There is no better homecoming 
than for someone to come back to Christ. And sometimes when we look at this story, you go, wow, this is an incredible story. And I'm going to ask you, like I always do, to maybe think outside the box in this story. So let's look at the first one. We have the, the prodigal son coming in. And he, the life of the prodigal son, let's look and see what we find out about him. First of all, can I tell you, he had a plan. Look at verse number 12. We've read and he says, Father, give me the portion of goods that followeth to me. And he divided unto them his, his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. So he gets his money and then he doesn't just spontaneously take off. He gathers it all together, thinks a little bit, and then it says this and took his journey into a far country. As you're thinking about the prodigal son, you'll, you'll realize this, that he had a plan, but he also went to another country. He wanted to get away from those rules and restrictions that his dad had. And then it says this in that same verse. Look at the last two words. It says, he lost his substance with riotous living. In the Greek, this word is only found this one time. It's never found anywhere else in the Bible. This word riotous is never found other than right here. Let me give you a definition of what this means, because we don't use that word very much. It is utterly and shamelessly immoral and dissipated, thoroughly dissolute. In fact, go to verse number 30, and you'll see what his brother says about it. His brother is talking to his dad in verse number 30, and we'll get to him in just a second, but listen, listen to what it says. It says, but as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with, what's the next word? Harlots. He's saying, listen, he took that money and did all these wrong things. I don't think the prodigal son had it in his mind that this was going to end up the way that it did. But it did. And I want to tell you something. When you're off into sin, you have a lot of friends. But when, when all that money and everything that you have that you can give to somebody is gone, you know what you are? You are all alone. And that's what happens to this man. In fact, when you, when you read the story, and we'll get into it, it's just amazing to me what this man went through. And if you keep reading in verse number 14, it says this, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the, in the world, in, in the land, and he began to be in one. I wrote this, I said, when you think about it, he needed some things and he couldn't get them because he had no money, and there was a mighty famine. And I think one of the saddest things, it says, and he began to be in want. Now, I want to say this to you. This was a new aspect for this boy. Because when he was at home, his daddy took care of him. When you study this fight, you find out, number one, that his dad had a lot of servants and people that, that worked for him. And so he will, he will encounter that. You'll encounter that in just the next story if you've never read this thoroughly. But you'll see that he had some money and everything was going well. But now in this verse, as we read it, it says, and he began to be in want. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've been there. I, I, you just sit there and go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to financially afford this. I don't know how I'm going to physically afford, be able to do this. This morning, I called my wife. I, I know my wife had to go crazy because I kept telling her things I forgot to bring. After about the fourth text, I kept saying, I'm sorry, but could you bring this too? And so I was walking around and my, my, my leg was popping. I have a bad um, Achilles tendon in my left foot. And all of a sudden it started popping. I said, I need that, that brace. You know what? Sometimes when you get older, things start messing up with you. And my wife, sometimes, sometimes I think maybe I'm a hypochondriac. If I read a story, I think, I think I got that. You know, I think I have malaria. I've got all the symptoms. You know, when, when you look at things like this, you go, oh, my word. 
When you get older, when when you drop something, it's not fun anymore. Today I was picking up leaves. And that was a workout to pick up leaves when you're bent over and pick up things. And you're praying that you can get back up. Amen? You ever been there? And then there's times when you sit too long. You got to wait for your back to kick in. Some of you younger people going, that'll never happen. You just wait. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And so you change and sometimes you need something. You are in want. You ever been there? I've been there. Now watch what he does. He's not, he's not a lazy man. Sometimes people say, well, he was just, he, he, he did, took all this money, but he wasn't a lazy man because he showed some ingenuity. Look at the next verse. There was that mighty famine and all of a sudden in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now he's given up his citizenship to the country that his dad was at. But he does something. He goes and gets a job. Now his job is not a good job, but his job is feeding the swine, and when there's a famine, that's a problem. It says, and in this verse it says, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. So he goes and he meets a guy, he says, you have a job for me? He goes, well, you can go feed the pigs. We were over at the Barnett's, and he goes, we have two pigs in that field. I think he was doing that just to tempt me, because I, I was looking at all the animals, I said, I don't see them. I looked all over, and then all of a sudden, they must have woken up, because they stood up, and they popped up, and, then, and someone goes, there's the pigs. And I got to see the I, li- I like animals. But can I, can I be very bold with you? There's never been a day in my life that I've thought I want to eat with a pig. Now, I was a little honorary guy when I was younger, and I was in church one day, and one of my friends told me, now, don't you do this, but my friend said, hey, let's sneak out and ride the pigs. Our neighbor at our church had pigs. And I don't know if you've ever had a, and I had never done this before, my friend Doug, he always got me in trouble. He said, what you do is when that big sow gets over here, you jump on her back and grab her ears and pull back. I have never went so fast in all my life. I grabbed that sow, yanked back, and that thing just took off. And I was like, what's it doing? It ran to the, to the, to the barn and turned sideways and slammed me up against the barn. And I'll never forget, it backed up. I flew off of it. I landed on the ground. And it was running at me. And pigs, they look cute and pink, but they're not cute and pink. And I'll never forget this. He said, jump, Wagner, jump. And so I took off running, and that pig ran at me, and he was trying to bite me. I stepped on his back and jumped over the fence. And that pig slammed into the fence I was at and trying to bite me even more. You know, when I was in there and I was laying in that dirt, and now I've got to tell my parents, how did you go from Sunday school to church and get all muddy? But I looked at what they were eating in there, and they just throw anything in there. And here's this pig, and he goes, and it says in verse number 16, a sad verse, it says, and he would have fain, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Here's the life of the prodigal son. He had the protection of his father, but he thought he could handle it. My brother's here, and, and we, as a father, when I look at my dad, you know, there was times when dad protected us. And then there was times when I thought I knew more than dad. But then I realized pretty quick that dad and mom knew a lot more than I did. And so he gets into this point, and you say, well, you don't know my father. You don't know what he's done. And I'm sure there's some probably some rough situations in here. But can I tell you something? Your heavenly father will never treat you that way. He will always protect you. And so he's in this and he's, he's about ready to look down and he's about contemplating that he's going to eat 
what the pigs are going to eat because that's how far he's went. I want to tell you, he's went a long way. His thought process was in verse number 17. He starts thinking, and actually, and there's another point, if you want to underline anything, underline the last part of verse number 16. This is a, another sad situation. And no man gave unto him. No one cared. All those people that were with him when the riotous living was going on, they're nowhere to be seen. He's in a pigsty. He's about ready to eat. And then he starts thinking this process through. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And watch that verse. It ends with what? He's really thinking this because it ends with an exclamation point. You don't see many of those. He said, I'm listening. He goes, that, they've got, he, my, my dad's servants have more food than I have, and I'm about ready to eat with what the pigs have. And then he, he starts even thinking a little bit more in his, his attitude towards his father. He says in verse number 18, I will rise and go to thy father and, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee, against, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Can I tell you, in this situation, the prodigal son had no pride left in him. And you know what? I don't want to get in my Christian life where God has to make me eat with the swine to get the pride out of my life. I better be very careful when God tells me to do something, I better do it. Because the heavenly father, just like the father in this story, cared much about his son. And my heavenly father cares much about me. But he'll let me go my way sometimes, and sometimes I'm down with the swine. And so I've got to come back and say, okay, let's go back to that father and see what happens. Have you ever been there? I've been there. And verse number 20 is an interesting verse. So he thinks all this thing through, and then verse number 20 says, and he arose and came to his father. Can I say this? This was probably the hardest thing that this boy has ever done. It's harder than working with a swine. It's harder than, than running off to another country. The hardest thing he's ever has to do is he has to tell himself, I need to go back to my father. We know he was in a far land, and I don't know about you, but have you ever anticipated a travel? Have you ever anticipated a trip? And you think, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm telling you every step He's thinking, because he's a person just like us, he's thinking, what will dad say? What will dad say? What will dad say? Will he accept me? Will he reject me? Because I want to tell you what he thought the reaction would be. He thought his dad's reaction was going to be his brother's reaction. And sometimes we don't think that. Look at his brother's reaction. Jump down to um, verse number 29. And, and it says in this, he said, And he answered, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Can you see his dad saying that? Man, I've served you so, so many years. Nevertheless, I, at any time, thy commandment, when you told me what to do, when I told you what to do, you didn't do it. Man, that's exactly what he thought his dad was going to do. His dad was going to say. But yet he still arose and came to his father. That was the life of the prodigal son. Now you have, let's, look at, let's jump down a few verses and we're going to look at the life of the prideful son. We might not ever be that prodigal that runs away, but we might have some pride. You know? Actually, I've got Lacey and the Barnett's in my prayer book, and when I pray for Lacey, I pray that she never gets prideful over sin because she does a great job. I mean, I've seen people get prideful. I've never seen it in her. And there's some people that just, hey, look at me what I've done. 
That's exactly what the prideful son did. How many of you ever, ever have studied pride in the Bible? Pride will destroy you. Man, if you sit there and go, look what I've done. Look what I've done. I mean, do you realize who I am? Uh, we were um, walking through Disney, Disneyland one day. And we were walking, and the, I don't know if you've ever seen the Matlock show. There's the tall lawyer that's with him. He's, an old, he's a, a young man. He's kind of, they, they bring him in the show. And, and he was walking right beside us. And um, I remember, I said, Ann, that's the guy from Matlock. He's walking right there. And so I said, you're the guy from Matlock. I thought he was taller than what he would be. And I was like, you're the guy from Matlock. He goes, yes, sir, I am. And so a couple comes walking up to us and says, can, I, can you take our picture? And they talk to the guy from Matlock. And so he grabs the camera and he thinks it's going to be a picture of him and the other two. And so they stand off and says, this is where we want to get our picture taken. And you can see that you can just see his sails blowing out of his wind like, oh, they want a picture of me. Click, here's your camera. And we started walking away and I said, isn't that interesting? I was one time with a, with, a, with a high school group, and you never know what high schoolers are going to say. And there was a country western singer on Rodeo Drive out in California. And we get up to, I'm not going to say who she was, but she was standing there, and her bodyguards were all around her. And I have about 15 teenagers with me. And it gets real quiet, and they're trying to protect, and there's other people there. And one of the guys in my group says, you know what, she's not as pretty as I thought she would be in person. And I was like, shut up, don't say that. You know, and I see, I see both the bodyguards looking at him and I just kind of pull him away. And he's the one child that you would think would say that. You ever been where pride just blows up in you? Sometimes in our life, pride gets in us and makes us what we don't need to be. And here, here's this son. Let's look at what it says about him. Let's look at his story. The explanation of, of what is going on in the house. Go to verse number 25. It says, now his elder son was in the field. And we'll put all this together in just a second. And he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he walks up. He's been working for his dad probably that day. He hears the music. He, he, he's, he knows they're dancing. He's like, what is going on here? And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. Now watch this. Here's the explanation. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And you would think the other brother would go, Good, he's back. But that's not how he responded. See, we get so wrapped up in this story of the prodigal son, we forget about the prideful son. Because as you read it, there's, the word angry comes out. He's not happy that his brother's back. We know that he's gotten reports about his brother because he tells his dad, we've already read that verse in 30, of what's went on. But go to verse number 28. It says, and he was angry. And this is an adult child, and look at this, and would not go in. He's not even going to go in to see his brother. He's going to wait for his father to come out to him. And I'm telling you something, when you get pride in there, It'll destroy you. Verse number 29, it says this. It says, and he answered, and finally in verse number um, 28, his dad comes out. In verse number 29, he answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, this referring to a, an animal, that I might make merry with my friends. Have you ever been there? Where you just go, God, why haven't you done anything for me? Why do they get everything and I don't get anything? My brother is um, 
quite a few years older than me, amen? And um, I am the baby of the family. It's always a running joke with us who mom loved more. I think she still loves me more, loved me more. And he'll say, no, you love me more. But, you know, as, as, you, as you grow up, everything's different sometimes. Every child is treated different. If you treated every child the same way, do you realize you'd frustrate probably 75% of your children? Because no none of them are the same, same way. And as, as I was thinking about this, here's this boy that knew what to do and did it and probably was a hard worker. But all he could think about was the party that his brother was having. And all his brother could think of is just, thank God I get to eat. So you have this man that's the prodigal son, and you have this man that's the prideful son. And on different occasions, I'm the prodigal son. I'm running from what God wants me to do. And then there's that other side of it. Look what I've done. Can I tell you something? You don't do anything that God doesn't allow you to do. Every attribute you have, every talent you have, they are on loan from God. And so we've got to realize that. But you know what? I'm thankful about this story because we don't usually look at him. And we're going to look at this. We're going to look at the life of the passionate father. Because when you study this, you truly see why we shouldn't be the prodigal, one that's running after something that we can never attain, or we should never be the prideful one looking at who we are. Can I tell you, pride like bitterness will only, only destroy the container that it's in. It will destroy you. Well, look what I've done. Look what I've done. I always remember my mother in a certain story. We, I, I love being in this area because they have 4-H's here. I've seen people with 4-H. I was in the 4-H, and I, I had this grand idea that I was going to make something at the 4-H. And um, so my dad was a gardener, so I signed up for the gardening thing. I got to put his tomatoes in, and he liked it because he goes, oh, man, my, my tomatoes got blue ribbons. And I'd water them and do things. But one of the things I, I, I said, I'm going to make a model. And I'm going to put it together, and I'm going to be one, it's going to be one of the best models. Well, the night before it was supposed to be done, my mom went through the list. And she said, okay, we've got all these things. This is all handled. But she said, this one that you said a model, you didn't do. And I was like, yeah, just scratch that off. You know what, what when I'm thankful for my mother is when she stood up for, to me. She said, oh, no. You signed up for it. You're doing it. I was like, Mom, it's due tomorrow. And it was a car model. So we go off to the store and buy a car model. I don't know if you ever put a car model together. It doesn't take one day. I started putting it together, and I had to put it together while other parts were drying, and it didn't look very good. In fact, I got glue on my fingers, and, and it had my fingerprints all over the car. And so I got done, and there's a point where you go, okay, I'm going to make this so bad that my mom won't make me put it in a 4-H thing. And so I started making, I put fur, I put um, velvet for carpet in the bottom, and it was all, it had glue all over it and stuff. And I'm supposed to be almost, I think I was a, a ninth grader, a 10th grader. And so I get in there, and I said, here, mom, here's my car. And she said, okay. And I was like, that's not the reaction. I was thinking, give me that back. She said, oh, no, it's going in. I said, it's going in. I said, look at it. It's terrible. She said, son, you should have done what you said you were going to do. I was like, you are no longer my mother if you do this. <laughs> and she put it in the 4-H, and I'll never forget. She put my name in front of it. So when she wasn't looking, I took it down. So she put it again. 
and everybody else got blue ribbons, I got a participation award, amen? But I'll never forget the one time I had taken it, the last time I had taken it away from her. And I walked off, and, and one of my friends go, have you seen what's in the pavilion? I was like, no. He said, it's your model. I was like, oh, no. I went in there, and unbeknownst to me, my mother had taken a poster board and put my name on that poster board and pointed to the car down below me. It looked like it, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. It looked like it had been in a wreck, and I'm, I'm posting it as a car. And I'll never forget that thought because she said, you know, when you sign up to do something, you do it with your whole heart's desire. Don't do something half-hearted. Let's look and see what the response is from the, from the father. We'll go really quick through this. Go to verse number 20 through 24, and you'll see the response to his first son. Can I tell you this? He knew his son because in verse number 20, if you're underlining anything, watch this. It says in this, and he arose and came to his father. And when he was a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion, and watch this, what's the next two words? And ran. Can I tell you this? The father knew him. They knew, he knew how he walked. He knew which direction he was going to be coming. And can I tell you something? The father was looking for him. And so here they see him, and he comes running. And you've got to realize, the whole time his son's coming back, it's like, I don't know if he's going to accept me, but I'll just be a servant, and at least I'll get to eat. And his, son, his dad comes to him and he wraps his arm around him and he kisses him and he loves his, his son just like your, the heavenly father loves you. The prodigal son's thought, his father's reaction would be like his prideful brother's reaction. But he had compassion. And can I tell you something? The only thing the prodigal son had was his father. I've got these three things written down and the Lord gave this to me. When he was looking at it, he, he, he looks at his son and his son doesn't have anything. But the heavenly father, just like the father in this, but he's got me. And that's all he needs. Can I tell you something? The heavenly father has passion on you, compassion for you. His reaction to his son was look what it says. And I don't know if you understand what this says, but I'll explain it to you. In verse number 22, it says this, but his father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Now I want to tell you, when, he, when, that, prod, when that prodigal son was walking back, he didn't look like his, who he did when he walked away. Probably a lot thinner, dirty, filthy, and he comes back. And his dad instantly tells the servant, says, go get a robe, put it on him, cover him up because I want people to know that he's my son. But then he does this thing. He says, give him a ring. Now, that's a very interesting statement because what he's saying is it's showing that it is his son. The servants need to understand, hey, you're a servant, but this is my son. He's mine. He might not have anything, but he's got me, and that's all he needs. That's the compassionate of the, of the father. Now, let's look at the other son. This is something that we don't, we don't realize sometimes when we look at it. We have verses 31 and 32. Go to that really quick because you got to understand his, his, his father with the prideful son, he wants him to see the whole picture. See, what the prideful son did not see is he did not see because he didn't know that the, son, the other brother was back. Now think, think this through. He didn't know the brother was back. He just saw a party and he said, what's going on? He didn't see when the son came back and he was filthy 
and he was dirty, and he didn't hear the conversation between the first son and the dad because the first son said, listen, you don't have to do anything for me. I can just be your servant because I'm no longer worthy. He never heard that conversation. He didn't know the whole story. Sometimes God brings people into your life to tell you the whole story. And sometimes all we do is jump to conclusions. I've heard that. The Baptist's best, best exercise is just jumping to conclusions. Amen? That's what we do. And here he, he just, and he doesn't even have compassion, Larry, on his other brother. But when we were growing up, Chuck, we weren't, we weren't together that much. Like I said, I don't know how, I'm not going to tell you how old he is. I'm 52 years old. I think he's like 84. Is that right? No. We weren't together that much. But we have a good relationship now. I'm so thankful for that relationship. How many of you would not give your right arm for a right relationship? Sometimes we don't know the whole story. And then can I tell you this? Watch this. God always keeps an accurate record. Your heavenly Father always keeps an accurate record. So let's look at the compassion of the, of the heavenly Father. Number one, the one son didn't have anything. All he had was God, and that's all he needed. The second one needed to hear the whole story. And you know what he also needed to understand? That God keeps an accurate record. Have you ever told a story and you go, I don't know if that's right. How many of you are fishermen in here? Okay, raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. I'm, I'm looking at Brother Bowen. Brother Bowen, you ever caught a fish this big and told somebody it was this big? Amen. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Larry Hilton does it all the time. He said, man, I caught this minnow. It was this big. Minnows don't get that big, okay? We tell stories and we tell stories. And you know what? God knows that that minnow that you caught was this big. But you tell him it was this big. I wrestled with it for four hours. Praise God. We ate seven meals on it. What? I'm not a fisherman, but I can tell you there's some fisherman stories. One time I was fishing and the guy said, hey, let's get Wagner. He's not, he doesn't like to fish. It was the first year I was in ministry. I'd never went fishing in my life. And they take me on a fishing trip that was 10 days long. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? The guy catches this fish and it's fighting like crazy. And, and he goes, hey, bro, hey, brother, come over here. We want you to take it off the line. I didn't know how to take it off the line. I like fish but I like to eat them, not catch them. It's just like I, I would hug a cow, but I'd eat it if I had the beef, amen? And they said, take this fish and get it off the line. And I was like, okay, and I grabbed the fish. Didn't know what it was. How many of you know what a sheephead is? Okay, I do now. A sheephead has people teeth in it. And I reached down to grab that fish, and it almost took my finger off. I, dropped, I just dropped the whole thing and said, I'm not, I'm not doing this, you're going to do it. Because I didn't want to touch that fish. You know, sometimes our stories get bigger than what they were. God keeps an accurate record. Let's watch the end of this and we're done. Go to the very end of the story and you'll see what the passionate father said. He says in verse number 30, But as soon as this, son, this thy son was come, which thou hast devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him a fatty calf. Now listen to me outside the box. He knew what his son had done. But he was still his son. But watch this next one. This is how you know he keeps an accurate record. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. See, he'll, he's my son, but he's already got his inheritance. Anything that happens from now on is yours because you did not leave and take your inheritance. 
Can I tell you something? God, the God we serve, keeps an accurate record of us. Sometimes we don't understand things. But aren't you thankful when you are the prodigal or you are the prideful that we have a compassionate Heavenly Father? I don't understand everything that everybody's going through, but I can tell you this. I can understand the prodigal because sometimes I've been there. I've ran from God when I shouldn't have ran from God. And I also understand the prideful. And sometimes I think I'm something and I'm nothing. God's already removed a lot of that from me. But I can tell you, you know what I'm thankful for on both sides? The right in the middle is a compassionate Heavenly Father that loves the prodigal and loves the prideful. Did you notice in both stories they loved them both the same? And they both had their own problems. Thank the Lord for your Heavenly Father.